0: The Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Big, big thanks, as always, for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Cannot believe it, but we are actually kicking off Season 9. Also, do not forget to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Really great episode today, and someone that I actually had on the NFL PAF Super Bowl edition earlier this year as I get to speak with artist and former University of Arizona, and NFL offensive lineman, as well as the first Mexican-born player to play in the Super Bowl, Jose Portilla. Make sure to check out Jose's work and follow him on Instagram at jportillaart. Let's welcome Jose Portilla. up man how's it going
1: hey man! good to see you again
0: you as well is your video not working
1: hold on here oh no there we there go it.
0: boom yeah. there it is <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm just getting a little bit of a level well dude it's all yeah no it's totally awesome to see you again
1: <laughs> oh for real what have you been up to
0: i've actually i've been out west like seven weeks out of this summer um i was really? in i did a like a kind of an unofficial official artist residency in Yellowstone. So I've been, uh, I think I took when we talked, by the way, I'm recording. Uh, uh, I think when I, when we talked the first time we met, um, I think I told you like, I'm also like really inspired by landscapes and kind of just nature in general. And I'm getting really addicted to photographing wildlife. So I go to Yellowstone two, three times a year, man. Like I I'll text you a couple of pictures when I'm done because I, I just, I was watching wolves and grizzly bears and it was just, I, you know, it's, there's things that I see like, like it, it kind of just boggles my, I watched like three wolves attacking a bison uh, mm-hmm. this year. And it was just like, I can't believe I'm watching this, you know?
1: Oh yeah. I bet. <laughs> so it,
0: yeah. So I'm You know, I think, I don't know if we told you, like Chris and I bought um, 20 acres up in Montana with the idea to start an artist athlete residency, which when we get it started and built, you will be absolutely invited to go up there to to teach a uh, plein air landscape painting class, because I think that'd be awesome. So, but yeah, what about you? What have you been up to?
1: You you, You know, this summer I went. Yeah, you know what I? Um, I'm um, this year. I'm gonna take a break um, and uh, from football and just focus more on on art and stuff. So, you know, it's there's only so much stuff you can do down here, and I uh, just just felt like this was the right time to kind of shift a little bit from the game to. You know my long-term, you know, goals and aspiration of uh, of just continuing to grow as an artist. So um, everything kind of lined up, and I was able to step away from the team, and uh, still I'm still teaching art. I'm still involved with the league and stuff. They brought me in as a as a football commissioner uh, advisor to the league. Um, so I'm still kind of involved that, but it's not the day to day hands on, you know, hundred and <laughs> the coaching grind. Oh, heat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you guys like, yeah, you guys have been, I mean, we're, I'm melting out here on the East coast, but it's from humidity. Like yeah. you guys have been like, what? 110 every day for like a month.
1: It's we amazing. averaged 116 last month. Yeah. With a couple of days at 119, Jeez. a couple of days over 120. It oh. was brutal. God. It's The hottest month in Arizona history. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, it was a good time to walk away from it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for the new coaching staff out there. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I kind of stepped down.
0: I can't. You know? I, I mean, I think back to, like, playing. I mean, I, you know, baseball is my main sport, but I, I did play football in high school and and stuff. But I, I thinking back to the two days in, you know, and all it was in Ohio. And it's still, it's humid and just like how brutal that was. And just to think about, do they run two days still in Arizona? Yeah. Like that's unbelievable. We, we, went oh. up,
1: we went up north to Prescott, which is yeah. like two and a half hours yeah. up in the rim country, thinking that it would be a little cooler. And we, we rented out Prescott High School and they just put in a, a new football field turf. Our guy's hands got blisters on it because the turf was so hot. We couldn't even practice on it. And they ended up with blisters on their hands. And, um, yeah, I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad I'm making this transition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good.
0: Well, just to, like, throw out the – even though I don't really do introductions, we met um, at the Super Bowl at the the Smocks and Jocks event, and we did an exhibition that you were involved in. Um, Really, like, you know, I had you on, like, that – the – Smocks and Jocks kind of uh, podcast that we did for season eight, which was I think season uh, episode one, but it was a short it was a short episode, and I like with everybody that I had on that episode, I wanted to get on for a longer, more extensive conversation because I think, in particular, like with you, like I think your a your story is so cool, and I I, I say this, um, you probably know, have you ever met Tony Mandrich? He actually lives down there where you're you know big, big
1: I know who he is I have yeah. not had the opportunity to I'll, meet him I'll
0: have to introduce you guys cuz he's you know former offensive lineman played with the Packers and the um and the Colts oh, and yeah. and he's a badass photographer and he's a huge guy and I think it's it like you're you're a huge guy and I always think that it's it's so inspiring to me like when like people walk into a room they look at you and like oh my god this guy's huge like he obviously you know played football or something and But then they see like your paintings and that, that to me, it's always that it flips that switch that it kind of, I don't want to say it humanizes you, but it like, it allows people to see you then more than what they thought you were. Like, do you ever think about that? Like, cause you have a degree also in visual communications from Arizona and you teach art, you teach, like you coach, like you, like, and I like you're, you're the perfect embodiment of what we talk about at the abstract athlete because it's like talking about the physical exercises and the mental exercises. And but did I give you ever thought about like that idea of like, you know, like this like you're like shifting the way that people really think about people in some weird way.
1: Yeah, you you do um you know when it comes to art, you do open up yourself to being vulnerable uh to criticism, to you know, your creation. Um So that is a part that kind of breaks down the stereotypical um, self of of just walking in, being, you know, six, seven, 300 pounds, you know, uh, NFL offensive lineman. So, um, but when they, you know, when they see me pick up the paintbrush and start getting into it and talking artistic talk and and, um, being able to relate to the people uh, and then, you know, kind of everything kind of just breaks down. Uh, the barriers. And, um, you know, you, they start to see the real passion that you have for art and trying to capture it um, in your own style and, and, and trying to tell your own story. Um, so that, that, that's always helped. I know at the university level, when I got there, uh, a lot of the art teachers and, and students thought I was in there just to get the grade, the course, easy grade and stuff. You know, what's this football player? Everybody's in there with, you know, uh, overalls and little berets and dirty shirts. And here comes this clean cut, you know, guy with the football shirt on and shorts. And But, um, you know, they find out real early where, you know, where your passion is and uh, where your skill level is. And, I've always had great teachers that teach me. And um, right away, you know, they they kind of, you know, you, you break down those barriers because they think, oh, let's see what he can do. And then when they do start to see uh, the work, it, it speaks for itself. And uh, so that's always been a, um, a great blessing for me to um, have that tool to break down, you know, the the uh, the jock mentality of society that they're just dumb and. And uh, but realistically, some of the smartest people I ever met um, and I've worked in corporate America and, and and the school system, academia, have been football players. You know, some of the very smartest, um, you know, when you look at some of the quarterbacks and, and some of the people out there, offensive linemen they're when they do these um, wonderlick tests or, or different tests, they, they, they grade out as geniuses, yep. you know, and And you need to, you know, you need to be at that level to uh, be able to process so much so fast. Um, So that's
0: the thing is that it's that processing like and I actually that's an interesting thing to think about is like processing information as an artist as well. And how you like how did you get into because I don't think I mentioned this. You're, you're a plein air painter. Like basically you go out into the, for those that don't know what plein air is, you go out and you paint what you see, like predominantly landscapes. And and I think at the moment, like it's mainly Southwest Arizona, but like, that's something I'll get to later. If like, if that's something you want to like explore different regions, but how, how did you get into that style? Like, was that something that you grew up loving? Or did you have, like, like, maybe that's an extension of the question is, like, did you have family members that were
1: artists as well? I I did have an aunt that was a um, a portrait artist. Um, She passed away in an accident, um, but she was a pretty well-known portrait artist uh, way back in the uh, 60s in Mexico. Did a lot of the uh, commissions for the uh, presidents and and, um, uh, estates for Mexico and the capitals and stuff like that. But no, the... For me, you know, I started like anybody else, you know, doodling, sketching, um, getting into the cartoon side of it. And then slowly, as I took more art classes and and was developed and was shown different techniques into realism, um, just learning the rules. And it wasn't until I got to college that um, uh, Leon Parson, one of my professors at BYU-Idaho, and he was a wildlife landscape artist, and, um, you know, he said, you need to get out. He's like, you need to get out and train your eyes. Yeah. There's, you know, um, and that's where I, I really didn't know what he meant. I just knew, okay, get out there, you know, look at the, uh, I and understood a little bit, but over the years, what I've come to find out that there's no lens more refined than your eyes. There's no camera lens that can pick that up. I mean, you can see, so many more colors through your vision and being able to capture that and learn that while the atmosphere is moving on you, while there's, um, while there's sun is moving uh, the wind, uh, just everything and trying to process that really fast. It, it it, um, it fits really well with the, with the athlete mentality for me, because, you know, when you, you come out of the huddle, you have less than, Um, two or three seconds to identify, you know, the seven, uh, the the 11 guys on the football field, what they're doing, what your guys about to do, what the play is, who you got to block with, who you got to work with, the cadence, um, the audibles, and then all the other unknowns that the defense is going to do. And that happens within, you know, five or seven seconds at most. So um, being out there in the environment, being able to see the different shadows moving, the clouds moving, um, the wind, the grass, and how that starts to change. And and every 15 to 20 minutes, you're having new shadows. You're having new stuff. There's a lot of stuff to process. So if your mind can work that fast, if you can train your eyes that fast, um, everything when you're starting to work on the canvas starts to slow down for you. And you're just collecting all this information. The more information you have, the better artists, you know, I think that you can translate your artwork, you know, um, your values, how to work your values, how to work your design, which is some of the hardest stuff to do.
0: Now, I, you said that idea of training the eye, like I when I talk to students all the time, and I might've said this, you know, you actually came, well, virtually came to my class last semester, last semester which was like really awesome. Um, but I always tell them, that, that idea of, of looking like of paying attention. And, and it's not just for athletes, it's for everybody, but it does like that, that slowing down of the processing that completely helps you as an athlete. I actually, I remember, I, I probably told this story on the podcast before I had a, a basketball player that was in my class and you know VCU's got a really good basketball team and this was one of like uh it was the point guard one of the better players on the team that year and he came in like i i hand out surveys you know and ask them questions that kind of go along with doing their projects and he one of the things was you know like he he said he he likes writing poetry and he he uh he started listening to i believe it was like the dripping of rain outside his window or something like that. And he started like writing poetry. And then he said the next game he played, he noticed that he was more relaxed or the game had slowed down. And like, it's like, that's why I think it becomes like really interesting when we start engaging the creative and the physical side and how they really overlap, how, how like artists can learn from athletes in the sense of discipline, because Athletes, for I mean, like you and I, you're probably the same way as me. It's like I'm in my studio every day because I work out every day, and like that, like I need to have my mental exercise as well as my physical. And it's like because that's what I did for 25 years or whatever. I was an athlete, and it's like that bringing that to an artist to understand that discipline, and artist bringing that creative side to an athlete, that understanding the looking and the scene, and it's I just it's so connected to me uh, you know yeah Did you did you ever bring like some of that art sense to your like to your coaching style like you also coached basketball correct i did okay did you ever bring like that i mean it's hard to do because <laughs> like you don't you have a short amount of time to like get them to understand plays and different stuff but just it's i think it's like a beneficial thing in the coaching process to me.
1: Yeah, they, you know, it does help because um you're very detail oriented. Um and I think just like you do in, in art where it, you know you're working on something um and, and sometimes it just takes a little bit of time. Like I, I have to tell myself it's it's not working at the beginning and after so many years, uh, your eye, your hands, your, just your motion the way you mix your paint, the way you select your, your tones, that takes a good 30 minutes to an hour as you start to paint. And that's when you go back. So if you do it more often, it takes less time. But if you're there's gaps in between your practice or or between your work and um, it just takes time to get like back into the zone. Yep. So. Knowing that, um, structuring, you know, practices, structuring how you're going to um, teach these young men the in sports, um, you have to, you know, you have to know that, hey, it, they, we got to warm them up. We got to, you know, inspire them. They got to get to a certain level where everybody's on the same page again. And having that patience behind the canvas translates really good to, Uh, the football side. Also, no matter what is happening in front of me, whether it be in art or in football, I know that um, we can change it. We can make different things to um, have the success we want. So just having patience, you know, sometimes it's a dog fight in those football fields or basketball and the guys are very nervous and they're almost in tears because They're not making their shots or, you know, it's a close game. And I'll just come into the huddle and just say, you know, hey, we're down by six, but they left us a minute and 30 seconds. (laughs) We're going to march that 80 yards down the field and we're about to score in seven plays. And if I can come in there and tell them that, um, you know, with that type of confidence. And it's the same thing uh, as I work with individual students, I always say, look, it's going to look like a complete mess at first because i'm trying to teach you the underpainting i'm trying to teach you how to you know separate your darks your lights and it doesn't look good and slowly you will build and build and build upon that and um you know we'll come up with something at the end it's a practice yeah
0: i i I always say that it's like you know especially when i'm working with student-athletes it's like, you remember the first time you stepped on a field or a court or whatever? You sucked at it. it guess what? Like, you're going to suck at art too. Like, and that's okay. Like, the whole idea is to find that thing you like, whether it's music, whether it's painting, whether it's drawing, whatever, and keep doing it. Because guess what? Just like your sports, you're going to get better.
1: You yeah. know? It's, it's, discipline is the key. Yep. The, a discipline will, will get you the rewards. Those that have talent, and have God given abilities to play and stuff, that'll only get you to a certain point in life. It is those people that uh, are disciplined in practicing in in, um, in developing their craft that will eventually blossom. Uh, and that discipline sometimes, you know, takes years. So it, it is a process on both sides of the of, of the angle there.
0: What like so going back to like what I was going to ask you earlier so mainly like you're you live in Arizona so mainly all your paintings are taking place in and around the Phoenix area correct is it something that you are interested in like really going out and exploring different landscapes because uh, you know I'm you've obviously traveled you know and and noticed those differences um cuz i always every time i go somewhere like i'm really kind of influenced by that area I'm in. Like, the reason why, like, I really became interested in um, landscape in some weird way or vastness, um, archaeology, I guess. I'm, like, really interested in, like, a visual archaeology is I was at a residency in Wyoming, which you should apply to, actually, and go up there and paint. Um, And I remember standing outside of my studio, and it like, it's this red clay you know, kind of hills before the mountains and stuff. And like, literally if it rained, you could see the grass growing. Like, so the the red sides of the, and, and so like that dull red to me in my head started becoming like almost this fluorescent color. So I ha- I tend to use a lot of fluorescent colors in my work because I like thinking of that, the hyperization of those colors that I'm seeing. Like you talked about, how we process colors and stuff. And like, I started processing, like, it's, it's interesting, like the thing, how you just phrased that and, and how I was looking at this, like this dull red clay and this green and how it like just exploded with colors. So is it something like that you'd be like really interested in, I mean, traveling the world and, and painting everywhere?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, um, um, I really fell in love with the landscape. Actually, in Atlanta, I lived there yeah. for eleven years when I was playing for the Atlanta Falcons. But it, it was uh, it was the city's inside a forest, yep. so you don't get those open atmosphere. So you get more of a, uh, of, a of of a cozy kind of a um, an embracing that the trees do that the light that shines through there. So I, I love painting uh, forests, I love painting the ocean, um, the, how fast the atmosphere can change sometimes as a storm rolls in on in the ocean. And really uh, out, out here in the West, um, there's a different light. Yeah. There's definitely a different light um, than out East. Um, it's more clear, there's, yeah. the, the skies are more blue. Um, and the challenge of, of trying to capture that atmosphere, trying to capture that light uh, in, in the landscapes, um, that's what makes it rewarding, you know, and, and exciting for me out here. But I, 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 I love going to different places. Um, and uh, so, you know, it's, it's, every place has its unique, um, you know, um, tones and values. Uh, and the way it embraces yourself, you know um, the forest to me is it's I've spent a lot of days hiking and hunting my 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 family's was a big hunting family uh, coming out of Mexico and then here I was introduced to that um, and just sitting in the woods and seeing the beauty of the light that comes through the woods, seeing um, the wildlife and the characteristics that you can see, and so all that is inspiring to me to try to capture those characteristics of the wildlife, the light, the atmosphere, and um, it changes every day. So every time you go out there, you have a a new perspective, and so it's never it never gets old. It's not like a in a studio or something like that. Out there, it's you're you're out there with nature, and I think just the feeling that nature brings to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to describe uh, if you're a city folk or something like that. And I I grew up in the city my whole life, too, in Houston. But uh, there's just something about the wilderness that uh, inspires me in my work. You
0: just described why I drive out to Montana and Yellowstone all the time, because when that sky opens up to me, and you're right, like the sky is so different, not just because of the vastness out west, but it's, it's bluer. Like, I, I mean, like, I don't know another way to say that. And you, you did say, you you did talk about something. I think you and I actually talked about this at the exhibition, um, in, in Phoenix, uh, or in Scottsdale, um, is that I, like the thing that, like, you're a beautiful painter for one. Um, but your, the light in your paintings is just, it's so, it's subtle but it also it like emanates from within i think i might have said that almost exactly to you at that at that opening because it just feels like it's coming out of the painting and like so i think like you do for me like when i looked at your paintings it was like you can you can really see that you pay attention to what you're looking at you know what i mean like cuz like you're capturing those moments that I think a lot of people just kind of bypass that like, okay, sky, whatever, but like to be able to create that thing where it feels like you're immersed by it, it's, there's something like really dynamic about that. But I would, like, I think it would be like really interesting to see like if you went to, I God I can't even, you know, think about a place to go, like just how it would change, not change, but like what it would do for you, like, work-wise like do you have some paintings like that you made when you're in atlanta uh,
1: yeah i mean most of them are sold but i okay. i was um i had a gallery and jacob's gallery and she's passed from now um but she i was her top seller in that gallery and and um just uh the wildlife and the uh, the trees the streams everything uh in north carolina the waterfalls I embraced all that natural beauty out there and um, won a lot of shows by doing um, just those type of paintings. And um, it it was it was one of my favorite uh, times of my painting career um, to to really work within a forest and to see all the intricate uh, beauty that that has. so, it, and when I, this summer, I went down to Florida and, and painted in Florida and, and um, you know, my favorite part about that is those storms that come in, you know, you just have to wait uh, an hour or two and the storm will roll in and turn the summer and <laughs> capturing, you know, that sunset through the clouds, the atmosphere, um, the birds, uh, the smell, everything about that is just uh, just, I'm attached to that. I'm attached to that that landscape. So everywhere you go, I've been up to Yellowstone uh, several times. I mean, I studied up in um, uh, BYU, Idaho, which is in Rexburg. It's two hours away. So every weekend, we would jump to Jackson Hole. And then from there, I was always inspired by the many galleries that were there and the the famous artists that were there. But uh, the parks, um, you know, that's one of my favorite things. To go out there and paint i you know painted um ruby falls in and uh, the tetons yep. there or hidden falls in the tetons off of ruby lake uh recently so it's um it's just been one of those things of passion um it'd be nice that uh, maybe we could meet up there one summer and uh hang Absolutely. out for a week or something and paint
0: no i'm i like i go out right after school ends every year pretty much Um, This year, I was lucky. Like I said, I had this kind of two and a half week sort of residency and stayed in this really cool apartment and had a a garage studio. Now, it was exhausting because I would get up every morning at 430. I'd go into the park, photograph. I'd come back like at 11. I'd paint for like two, or three hours or do work, blah, blah, blah. Then I'd go back into the park and photograph. Like, and then I'd get home at like eight, have dinner, download the photographs and pass out and do it all over again. But it was like, it was like, you know, you feel alive. Like you said that. It's like there's something about like being in nature and being like kind of surrounded by these things that, you know, like uh what's uh, Monument Valley? Like every time I drive through Monument Valley, it's just I feel like I, like I, I, I feel alive, you know, and it's because it just, it doesn't seem real to me. Like, you know, or standing at the edge of the grand, Ca- have you ever painted of the grand Canyon?
1: Yes. yes. And I, I can't,
0: I, like, I just, <laughs> I, I could feel it. It feels like a painting to me. Like when you're yeah. sta- like it does not feel real to me. And like, so those things, like I really do. Like I get like audibly excited. And, and when I see those things, or like, again, like with my kind of fascination addiction to wildlife at this point, it's just, I feel like I'm seeing things that most people don't. And even if you're like, like, again, like if you go to the same spot every day at the Grand Canyon and paint, it's a different thing, you know, every day. And that's, I think it's just fascinating. Like that, that how life, life is fascinating.
1: Right. (laughs) And you know, that's an important thing that you said, like, how emotional you can get at the edge of the Grand Canyon, and um, a gallery owner down in Tucson once told me at um, Settlers West Gallery, and it's it's a well-known gallery. Um, they're like, you know, the clients they come out here to Arizona and they walk up to the edge of the Grand Canyon and see this thing, and if it's your first time, you're you're just blown away. There's nothing that your eyes have ever seen you know, that are, it's so amazing. And he's like, that's what they, they want to hold that moment that changed their life. You know, one of the eight wonders of the world. Um, and they want to bring it home with them, you know? So as an artist, um, you know how it's changed your life and just trying to capture that and, and, and paint it for yourself. But you know that there's another person that might not have that gift that either through photography or through a painting would love to have something uh, of that nature of that grandeur in their home. and, And so they can hold on to that feeling that they had at that time. Um, and that's where the marketing part comes as a, as an artist as well. You know, you have to understand your markets, you have to understand, and it's simple to capture something that people are wild about and put it in your own, um, your own statement, your own feelings. Um, your own vision. And uh, it's, it's, it's fun that people respect that and, 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 and purchase and, and support you at that. It, I,
0: yeah, no, it's awesome. The Abstract Athlete Get Stacked Paint and Puzzle Kit, creative exercise designed in collaboration with former Ohio State Buckeye and NFL player Percy King. Create art as exercise for the mind. Order one of our art kits today available at theabstractathlete.com, beginagintoys.com, or on Amazon. The Abstract Athlete, where art and sport collide. Like I I always ask this question and maybe like I want to know more on the art side, like who inspires you, but like, maybe, you know, it can be in general as well. Like, um, you know, whether it's a a coach or an athlete, you already mentioned a coach or no, an art teacher earlier, but like, like who, like art wise, like, did you look at growing up? Like that were influential. Was it all like landscape painters? Was it like Monet or, you know, like, yeah,
1: definitely the, the old masters just learning from, um, uh, Monet and uh, Leonardo and Michelangelo—the love of history and how they were able to change how we view the world, and how they were able to push um, the way people look at the world—just uh, gave your gave the mind creativity to branch out and and to grow. Uh, and these day and ages, you know, I I tend to go back to the Russian school of art. Uh, I love the the broadness of their stroke; they have these broad, beautiful colors with a lot of paint, a lot of texture. Um, and there's something about that that still grabs me, and I try to, you know, mimic uh, or use some of those styles of the Russian, um, the Russians, and how well they were able to to uh, simplify, but at the same time, um, you know, bring boldness to their work.
0: You there's something that I actually I, I talk to my students about a lot, like uh, particularly a lot of the international ones. and I'm curious about this because I think international, you know, i I lived in France, for instance, for like four months. And the culture there is like they're so um, they love the arts. They love, you know, creativity, like not you know, not that Americans don't, but it's different here. It's more about commodity like growing up like was there did you like in your in your household did you like was there a, a a good amount of respect for the arts as well like i'm just i'm always curious because like again like i actually was lucky i had have, have a very creative family um i i'm actually the anomaly in the athlete side because i don't have any athletes in my family but um it's i it's always interesting to me like to talk to like people from different different cultures and like how like the respect for for the arts is like was it again was it something that was in the household i mean besides your aunt for instance
1: you know uh, the arts in my household came through uh, music mostly at the higher level my uncle he was the number 1 tenor in the world for many years wow. and then my cousin became uh, alfredo portilla became the number 1 tenor for for many years so we knew we had the, the, the vocals and then my aunt was a painter. So the arts have kind of come through, but um, uh, my parents, they were immigrants, they were hard workers, you know, um, they supported us in, in a lot of stuff. But, you know, art was something that I think naturally came my way. It's just the way I thought about stuff. I um, you know, daydreamed uh, about doing these certain things and and uh, once I started doodling in, in junior high and kind of getting good at that um, by my my high school years I was I really had a passion for that. It was either going to be football or art and I, I knew while some people don't know what they're going to do in life I I clearly remember sitting down with my best friend and saying, look, you know I, here's my goals I want to play in the NFL one day. And I want to be a professional artist. And since I made those goals back in ninth grade, sitting at that Taco Bell, just (laughs) two guys talking, uh, I've kind of cemented that in my soul because they bring me so much joy. And if you do something that's joyful, you're going to continue to do it. And why not do it to the best of your ability? Push yourself
0: absolutely I, I just love that you said that because that that's i always say that find something you love to do and do it i mean you know it doesn't mean you have to be a professional at it you know it doesn't mean you have to be a professional artist but if you like writing music write music like right. you know and who cares like put it out every day like you you mentioned that like yes you did play in the nfl and you so you played what three years two years yeah professionally three, three years three. professionally and and your rookie year, you're actually the first Mexican-born player to play in the Super Bowl. And you you went to the Super Bowl your rookie year, right?
1: Yes. Is that yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, it was, it was just one of those life-changing moments in your life because, you know. Um,
0: like, this is going to happen know, every year, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, not many immigrants come here and go through the American system and reach a pinnacle of sports. Um, and it, it happened to me, of course, we put in I put in a lot of hard work and dedication, uh, a lot of great support from my, you know, family and, uh, you know, just tremendous. I was lucky. I was taught by some of the best, uh, offensive line coaches out there and, um, their beliefs right in me. And then you have to believe in yourself. You have to bet on yourself that you're going to get there, uh, through determination and hard work. So it was, um, you know, I, the, my teammates, when I was at the Falcons, I had uh, media, uh, just as much media as the superstars, the the pro bowlers, the, and they would say, man, what is going on here? Because I would have a crew of maybe 40 different um, TV stations follow me around, <laughs> and they didn't understand that um, for Latin America, anything south of the. Texas border and in, even in Spain and that hey there's a there's a guy that speaks Spanish that's born in Mexico right. that you know now is playing in the Super Bowl so that was a a huge story in Latin America and and uh, throughout all the different um countries that spoke uh Spanish uh so they just wanted to you know an immigrant how you know how did that they wanted to they they wanted to know that story so it was it was a lot of fun um to be able to tell that story, to influence a lot of people. And yeah, I made it in sports, but there's a lot of other immigrants that have come in and made great contributions. But it was just, you know, you don't see a big six foot seven Mexican come up, you know. <laughs> I have a lot of European blood and a lot of my family's from, from Spain as well. But uh, it, it was good to just to, to acknowledge that, that if you come to this country, um, this country allows you to really to reach your dreams. Unlike a lot of other countries where, you know, you're stuck here. I mean, the American dream, if you um, embrace it, um, it can come true. Yep.
0: I, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that experience as a, as a rookie. Like, you played in every game that year, correct? Is that right?
1: I did, and, yep.
0: And so what, like you played the next year, but you got hurt. Correct. Is that what happened? Yep. Like, and then, and then you played one year in the, in the XFL, XFL. Yep. and you won a championship there. Like you just have championship blood apparently. Like,
1: you know, I, we got lucky. We, I went um, undefeated in, in junior college. Cause I, I, I was a late bloomer in high school. Yeah. So we had, a, we had a tremendous school in high school. I went to MacArthur high school and, um, we had great athletes that were – many of them went on to play D1. So I was always behind and uh, not ever playing the sport or anything. A health teacher told me, hey, you're big. You should join the team. He was a freshman coach as well. And I did. And, uh, you know, but it, it it was three years of riding the bench. That's right. how deep our school was until I was able to play my senior year and got enough got enough looks to – you know, go up to a junior college that was interested up in Idaho. So that transition wow. there was from the inner city of Houston, the barrios to the uh, the wilderness, you know, going to Jackson Hole, going to the parks. Yep. Um, it was something that I was in awe and I was, it was all inspiring for me. Um, and then, um, you know, uh, playing at, at Arizona, everywhere, every. Everywhere I went, you know, we had an undefeated season at the Juco. We went to a bowl game when I was at Arizona, got to the Falcons, went to the Super Bowl. Uh, after my injuries, played a season in the XFL. We won that. And now here in um, my high school coaching, you know, we've had a great run. We've had, um, you know, eight championships in 11 years. So success has kind of followed me around. And it's not because of me. I – I, I. Um, you know, it's the people you surround yourself with, too, that, that help you get there.
0: Absolutely. I was I, like, it just it reminds me, I just had a conversation. I'm a I'm an unfortunate New York Mets fan. Um, and, you know, they paid all this money a lot like this year. And it, it's like, you know, a lot of these teams, it just doesn't work. Like you have to have a team like that. You know this, like being in the locker room, like, you know, if the team is together or if it's just kind of these separate entities and it like, if it's that separate entities, it just, it, it doesn't work. Like you have to, it, a team is a team for a reason, you know, like, and, and I think some of the success is probably because of you, because I do think like you have, you have this personality that is, it kind of draws people in. So I do think they're not that I'm saying it's just you, but like, I think there is part of that, that like builds that relationships. And I think, probably the way that you coach like you do like you talk to them about life not just football you know and i think that that again like that's that's an important element to how somebody goes and takes on the the field you know it's not i it's not just about this thing it's like seeing the whole not the not the one and so i you mm-hmm. know i but i mean is it it's so that second year or that you got hurt and then you got released like what that transition out of football. It's, it sounds like it really wasn't, I mean, like you probably missed it again. Like a lot of athletes, me included like that thing that you missed the most is the your teammates, the locker room and stuff. But it seemed like you, again, like you had this plan that you wanted to do this. So did you have like kind of a real easy transition out of pro sports
1: you know, the first time I ever got cut, um, man, what a feeling. Because that's the first time in probably um, seven, eight years that, you know, you were you, you were seen as not good enough. Yeah. Whether it be through an injury or just not being able to play um, to a certain level. So it was probably that when I got the pink slip at the Falcons, and I thought I had made the team because I – I was the last person cut that year, um, and I had come in, and if you don't see that pink slip in your in your locker room, you, you've you made the team. So I, I was working out and stuff, and then finally after my workout, um, the trainer comes. He's like, man, the big guy wants to see you upstairs. <laughs> so I already knew. You know, everybody knows, right? It's So, you know, you go up there and, and hey, thank you, but, you know, we're moving on and um you know it's a business 100% a business uh, the relationships are are not as as close i don't think uh, w- with the coaches at that level uh unless you're like a superstar maybe where you know your job is secure um but um yeah so it's i, I saw a lot of my buddies really fall because it's a it's a huge blow right um because you some of them donate you know 10 years, and if you don't financially, because one thing when you play up there, your mental mentality is of a warrior. You're a warrior. You know, you can come back through broken bones. I've played with broken bones, broken ligaments, torn ligaments, concussions. I mean, it's uh, your mentality is like an undefeatable mentality when you're up there. And um all of a sudden you're, you're put out, out of that. And, um, and if you're not prepared, which a lot of guys are not, they, they just, you know, they lose themselves. And that was one of the hardest things to see uh, from my teammates that were very successful. Um, Some of them uh, committed suicide, others, you know, did all kinds of stuff uh, because they just couldn't handle the pressure. So. you know, to me, art was that—that—that that, that bridge that a lot of guys don't have. Now, some do because some are very smart and build businesses while they're there. Others save up their money and um, don't need to work another day in their life if they have good managers. Um, and and others, um, you know, move on into the private sector with the dream of their own, being police, firemen, business educators coaches so there is but there's you know a big group of those that kind of fall off um but um gratefully for me art was that bridge i knew i knew exactly once my football career is done i'm gonna you know open up a gallery get myself going and that's what i did uh for uh, several years had my own gallery was painting full-time um and did really well did really well with that uh, to the point where my art kind of surpassed uh, the gallery and stuff like that. And I just wanted to become an independent, paint for paint for myself and put my work in galleries. And um, and I just had a, a great time in that transition. It was tough because there is that transition. There is you knocking on the doors. There is trying to get in to the galleries and, and, and enter shows. So there is a a time that you, um, you struggle, but if you stick with it and you're good enough, you just kind of pick yourself out of that. And that's so rewarding because you know, now in the NFL, there's such an elite group of athletes, but in the art world, you're competing against millions, (laughs) millions are artists yep. and and there's a lot of uh, people that have more time than you have and time is your friend as an artist the, yep. the older you become the more skill you become the better your vision becomes so those guys that were you know 30 40 years older than i you know it, it was hard to compete to even think like man this guy is so good i don't know if i could ever be that good so you, you could see their technical skills yep. Uh, We're so much uh, better than yours, but uh, that, that sport saying, Hey, you start at the bottom and you chip away at it, chip away. Um, Same thing with the weight room, same thing with, you know, playing and learning a sport, dribbling a ball, like you talked about. Uh, You have that, you have that drive, but now you just hone it in into your art. Um, So it was a great bridge for me to to jump off and, and continue, uh, with kind of that same passion that I had. Um, so I was really grateful to have both of them in my life.
0: No, I it, it's like, that's a lot of what we're trying to show at the abstract athlete is that, again, like, like I said at the beginning is showing people like this benefit of having a, a creative life. Again, it doesn't mean you have to be a professional, um, but doing something creative every day, doing something physical every day, you're just going to be a, a better human. Like to, to put it bluntly, because you, you know, like you're, you know, the runner's high when you're working out, like you get that thing, like the flow state when you're, when you're being creative and it's like, it, it's, it, I'm a, like I'm so happy, like I'm such a happy person. And I do say that it's a lot of it's because I do work out physically and creatively every day. And, and it, mm-hmm. because I, I feel like I'm in these spaces that I like, I get to, explore and be curious and and all that stuff i you know like i'm always curious with people when i talk to them like what do you like again you you've kind of stepped away from coaching like whether you go back to to it or not um you're still teaching but like what are your like what are like a tenure goal or like plans like what what are you thinking about for the future
1: you know, um, art's always going to be in my future cause I, that's where the passion is. So now I've, I've experienced a lot of success early on and then went to football and, and, uh, or after football experienced um, working with galleries and, and growing. And right now this phase of my life is growing again. You know, I've had the football, I've put, um, two boys through, uh, High school and, and, and was able to coach them. And now they're off in college playing ball and, and doing their things. And that, that those 10 years of my life were probably some of the happiest years. And, um, you're in a new phase now, so it's not more so much more football, but now it's like, okay, I'm, I'm in this art phase of growth again and putting more time. Um, so the sky's the limit for me. I don't know, you know, um, this upcoming year, I am going to take a look at uh, Colorado, um, Wyoming, and Montana as markets for me. Uh, And so I'm going to spend a lot of time out there when I can um, to paint the fall, um, aspen trees in Colorado and northern uh, Wyoming. And, um, you know, during the summer, hit the parks again and and photograph and plein air and and try to get, uh, you know, a little bit of, of legway into the galleries. Now, the competition is, is amazing in some of these yeah. uh, galleries. And there's only so much uh, space on a wall. And if they've had an artist for 20 mm-hmm. years and it brings them X amount of money, even if you're good, it's not uh, – they won't take a chance on you, yeah. right? And
0: a lot, of the so, galleries, a lot of the galleries really only work with regional slash local, you know, in that area because – they can be there, and there can be that kind of dialogue between them and the patrons. It's, it is. It's tough space,
1: yeah. and it's uh. Um, and you're right. You know, relationships. But what the Ann Jacob taught me in North Carolina, relationships is one of the most important things. And as I built that relationship with that gallery and that gallery owner, she became like a second mom to me. And she was able to uh, push my work to all her clients, and you know. Um, I was making six figures every year out of her and she was only opened up six months out of the year. It was a regional gallery. Yeah. She made, she made wealth there, but her relationship, it was all about relationships. So finding a gallery that can take a you know, chance on an old football player, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that, that helps me um, that I have this unique story. Because at the end, uh, people want to just have a story. They, they enjoy the artwork, and that's the main thing. But, man, if it comes with a little story, here's an immigrant kid that grew up in the inner city of Houston. Now he's a, he's a painter, and, and look at his work, and he played in the Super Bowl and stuff. That always helps. That always helps as
0: well. You, you could see the way that people gravitate towards you at that opening even, yeah. you know? And like, it is because it's not only the story, which is like the story again is like so awesome, but it's also like, you're a huge guy. Like you're like, I'm sure people tell you you're like, you're a giant teddy bear because like you're very soft-spoken. And like, but like, and again, like you eliminate that dumb jock thing, because you're very smart. Like you're, you're, you're very thoughtful. Like, so I think that that I like when people come up to you and are able to have that conversation, they probably just go away just like, like so happy. Because again, like I, I, I remember when, when we left. That night, and was like, I cannot wait to have Jose on the podcast because it was just, it was so rewarding to have this conversation. Because you know, I'm a painter too, like different styles and whatever. But it's like we still mm-hmm. have that relationship and understanding of like, I I think painters to me are like a little bit different than most other artists because there's a solitary element, like then some other artists do not have like, you know, people that work in crafts. There's a lot of like community based stuff. Photographers, maybe not so much anymore, but they used to work in the dark room together. Sculptors kind of like can work together, but painters, like they just want to be in their own space, you know? And it's, so it was nice for me, like when we met just to like, have that kind of communication and understanding like, Oh, like I, I get it. I get right. it. You know, <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, we did click. We clicked pretty fast, Yeah, you know. Well, and, and the passion for art, I think that was our bridge, yep. you know, that I could see your passion and, and your, uh, you know, what you were bringing to the table and, and what you were trying to do with, um, you know, the athletes and art. Uh, and I've always thought that there was a bridge there that needed to be built. So.
0: We're trying. You were, like,
1: <laughs> we're bridge builders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I understood also that you were an artist and yep. you saw you had visions like an artist and that was really easy to relate. I've had, you know, clients of mine, uh, you know, that buy my artwork and Hey, my mom, she paints and Martha's Vineyard, you know, hop on my jet and we're going to go. Patrick uh, Dimsey invited me to go paint with his mom. He bought one of my originals once and, and uh, see, now oh. I get told I look like Patrick Dempsey. I was get people <laughs> by speaking my
0: the gallerist here in Richmond, she used to call me Dr. Mc, whatever his name is on that show, like Dr. McDream. She used to call me that all the time. <laughs> and and I like you talked about relationships with gallery owners. That the one she unfortunately here passed away, but her daughter and another another um woman have uh, run the gallery still here. And um, the relationship I had with her was like a, you know, second or third mom, because she yeah. did like she like she she pushed me, but she protected me and like in, and she she, you know, put my work into places that, you know, you never would imagine. And it is like it's like having a relationship with a with a gallerist, like I have a great relationship with my gallery in St. Louis, and it's like it's like a family you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it is like, in some weird way, it's like, it's like a team because it is a team. Like you're, 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 you know, as artists, we're, I guess we're the quarterbacks, but like, there's the coaches and, you know, it's that same kind of, you know, mentality. I'm just making this up as I go along. This is like, I like this actually, uh, but it's like, it's, it, it's, it is like that relationship. I think that's, it's like really important to have those relationships. So.
1: Uh, and I can't stress enough to my young uh, students here and, and just people that I meet relationships is so important because all the gallery owners, they're the front line. Yeah. They are, they're the ones that meet thousands of people. When I had my gallery, I I learned from my, my the people that walked in why they were looking for this. And some of them didn't understand our, right, Hey, I need something for the, the, the brown couch to match, but others would come in and, and um, I'll never forget a school teacher came in and bought one of my pieces and it was like 6,500 bucks. And and I, she was on a school um, and she's like, you know, I've saved for, for a long time. And um, I saw this piece in your gallery and I was hoping that it was still here when I came back and it just moved me. She told me the whole story of why it moved her so much and stuff like that. But um, you learn from all these people that, um, you know, and so the gallery owners, they're the front line and they, I've learned so much about marketing um, as an artist through them because they, they just give you all the secrets. They tell you what people want, they, they, what they're inspired by and what sells out of their galleries. And as an artist, yes, you want to create yourself. You don't want to be boxed in into anything. You don't want to chase the dollar, but um, man, it's so good to, to get hints and to get tips. And when you're out there, you um, you're you're focused on your artwork, but in the back of your mind, you're also you know uh, you're also your own product, and you want to be successful. And if you're going to do this full time, you have to sell. The work must sell so um, it allows you to buy more things
0: so you can make more things
1: yeah. and, and travel more and paint more because yep. there's so much involved with uh, you know uh, if you're not a studio artist like we're not we're we're out we're out in nature we're out trying to capture that and uh, you know that all comes with the price of time and money and and effort so you yep. know that's just part of the business
0: well First of all, thank you dude. Like this I this is better and gr- as, as good as I thought it was going to be and as fun as I thought it was going to be and like I, I am so glad that we are able to meet. Are you going to the Super Bowl this year by the way? Are you going to do it? I this? am. Okay, cool. We'll be out there as well. Oh, good. Um good good. And I don't think we're going to do an exhibition this year. We'll probably just work with the the PAF, but um yeah. but Chris Chris who my business partner who you met, he lives in Colorado, so I'm out there a lot. And like I said, I would, lo- I think that would be a blast to like meet up out in, whether it's Wyoming, Montana, Colorado, or whatever, and, yeah. and, um, and do stuff just cause like I said, I'm, I'm actually, I, I, I went out last year in the winter to Yellowstone for the first time, uh, over Thanksgiving weekend. I've already planned to go how, out there.
1: How did you get in? Were you snowing? There's only, there
0: or... no, no, there, there there's a, <laughs> the, it's crazy. The, um. The area that the northern part is open. Like if you go into Gardner, and mm-hmm. Cook City, there is that. It's a small area, but it's open yeah. up there.
1: And, oh, really? I didn't know that. And wow. that's
0: ironically that was the two, the two entrances that got messed up last year from the flooding were those two. So I was really thankful they got those fixed. Um, but I'm going back again this year because the winter experience to me was so incredible now granted there's no bears at that point but the wolves like it was just it it was light. it was life-changing again like um and so i'm going back out there then but i'll be i'm out in colorado like you know three four times a year and so let's absolutely like figure out a like a time um, let's figure it out
1: man i'd love to go to colorado and and uh i've been planning to go to Vail and aspen to look at the art scene there i was invited to um to be a guest uh painter this past year and I wasn't that uh, kind of fell through uh, at one of the um museums there. But man, that's
0: wow. that's awesome. We got
1: time for this upcoming year to maybe yep. do something together. Yeah, no, let's
0: coordinate. Like and I might have you ask you to be in my class again because it was again it's for me it's just it it humanizes or it I, you know, I'm the teacher. So like when I, you know, as a, almost a professional baseball player, but or a guy that played baseball at Ohio state to these student athletes, they're like, okay, you're the teacher. But when I bring like somebody like you in, like it, it makes it more real, I guess, is a way to say it. Um, and so it's like super helpful. And it's, it's super cool. Like they, after we did that class, they were just all like, Oh, that was so awesome. You know? So um, the last thing I always ask is what kind of music do you like? I usually end up writing music on garage band for each episode um i or if you like rock and roll music i used to be a rock singer so uh, you,
1: you know what i'm i'm a little bit of everything i'm so okay. eclectic with the uh, the music side you know um so just surprise me okay. pick something <laughs> all right
0: cool <laughs> and this will be this will be out in a couple weeks and i'll send you like some promo videos and snapshots to post and blah 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 and um but okay. like no let's let's hundred percent I'm gonna send you some pictures of the of the wolves and bears by the way and oh, please um, do. And, and let's just
1: I'm trying to think the next maybe I'm, we can we maybe we can uh uh, uh what's the word corroborate and uh you're the photographer and I'm the painter and we absolutely I can come up with something. You absolutely.
0: A hundred percent
1: and my painting and, yep. and just You know, absolutely. I'm
0: a 100%. I actually have a photographer buddy that I actually met out in Yellowstone this year. Like we bonded real quick. Cool wife. He's he's actually a biologist up in Montana. Mm. And he he sort of, I guess, works with this painter as well. Like he takes the pictures. He's an amazing photographer. I'm I'm an amateur at this moment, but I'm getting better. Like, you know, cause it's a whole nother thing. It's like, I can't spend thousands of thousands of dollars on photography equipment when I'm doing that as an, as a painter. So it's, you know, it's, it's I'm slowly building the equipment (laughs) out, but it's like, I just, I'm actually thinking of driving down to North Carolina. There's this area near the outer banks called the alligator river reservoir. And there's these, um, endangered red wolves down there. And I went down earlier this year and it's super cool. And there's some black bear down there and alligators. So it's, I'm thinking of going before school starts for me in a, a week and a half. And I'm like, I might as well make one last trip down and just, you know, take some pictures. Cool. So, yeah. but, but no, I'll, I'll, like, uh, we'll, we'll hundred percent stay in touch. I'm glad you're going to the super bowl. Cause like I said, I'm trying to actually get <clears throat> onto radio row maybe this year and do some Interviewee type stuff with the NFLPA, um, or you know, whatever. So, um, but cool. Well, brother, thank you, man. You're the best.
1: Hey, thank you, Bronzo It's always a pleasure. Yeah,
0: ma'am. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye. All right, bye. <laughs> Absolutely just love Jose, love what he's doing. Uh, really, just the best of humans. Uh, so glad we met, and we're you know we're able to exhibit his work, and looking forward to doing that more in the future. I think he is just such an inspiration. Uh, just he's an incredible painter. Love the way he attacks this passion uh, to become a better painter. Uh, you know, he's really just second to none. Uh, super excited for his future and looking forward uh, to seeing his new work and kind of selfishly looking forward to hopefully doing some collaborations again, make sure to check out Jose's work and follow him on uh, Instagram at jportillaart. Make sure to check out the other podcasts on the abstract athlete network. Remember to stop by our website, the abstract beginning toys.com and or Amazon and order your Percy King collaborative stacked paint and puzzle art kit. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body. and Do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.